Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I'm your host, Mike Veerman. I'm here with my friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman. Max, you're back in the country. Welcome back. Oh, I feel so good. We are also here with our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. And, of course, we have intern Erica back on the dials. Erica, you were on a vacation last week. I was. How was it? It was great. Hey, where were you? Uh, I, my, my family goes to Darien Lake every year for about oh. four days. <laughs> they got roller coasters, right? Roller coasters. They got Twisted Tea on tap. I, I don't know what that means. Twisted Tea? Yeah, it's like that alcoholic, lovely alcoholic uh, iced tea. Iced tea beverage. Oh, did you know the shake? No, I did not. Yeah. Oh, it's delicious. I, yeah, it's how old great. is everybody in your family? So I'm one of five. Yeah, my older brother is twenty. You have an older brother? Yeah, he's gonna be twenty four in January. Uh-huh. He's a year older than me. And then there's what me. does he do? He is in my dad's union. He's a boilermaker. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then I have twin brothers a year younger than me. As you know, Jack is one half of that. Oh, double trouble. Yeah, they're 18. And then my sister, my youngest sister is 15. Wow. So, uh, boilermaker is one of those jobs that I'm like, I sort of look at you blankly where Same. I don't, don't what know what is it is. What is it? You make boils? I, I discuss it or <laughs> I describe it as um, he does what like Homer Simpson does. It's something to do with nuclear power. I don't exactly know, Whoa. but he works in like the boilers that well, create Is it like power. a rough job? Like does he have calloused hands? Uh, I think he used to. Well, my, my brother does now. My dad is now like a trainer, so he works more mm. in the office and stuff. But for like his whole career, he was <laughs> like you, a welder or something. After yeah. a long day at the, uh, as a, what is it, a boiler? A boiler <laughs> room? Like, yeah. <laughs> after know. a long day at the boiler room, the only way to unwind is with a twisty tea at <laughs> Darian Lake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> funny. I have these uh, relatives that are down in like Port Dover area, like on Lake Erie. It's where my grandma grew up and it's like on a farm. And Lauren and I happened to be down there. This is like a couple summers ago. We were glamping. That's like uh, so. so uh, and we rode these rented bikes over to the farm that my grandma grew up on. And her nephew still lives there with his family. And they're and they both uh, work at the mill. And they're like, uh, I'm a millwright, and he's a millwright, and we're, we're all millwrights. And I'm like, oh, cool. And then, like, we end up having a nice little hang, and then Lauren and I are leaving on our bicycles, and we just look at each other like, what the fuck's a millwright? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I still don't know really what a millwright Good is. Good luck. <laughs> As you drive back to your cushy life in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't your grandma's... Uh, Oh, it was her nephew. Yeah. Okay. I, if it was her son, it would be your uncle. Yeah, it was her brother's kid. God, just your mom's cousin. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so today is the JFL episode, but before we get to that, uh, I always forget to do this off the top, so I'm going to do it off the top. Uh, this episode of the Michael Much Podcast is brought to you by The Pedestal, our partner podcast in which Shane, myself, and our other co-host, Jonathan Popolis, Mensa member, which we always have to mention contractually, he has put that in there. Uh, we have an episode coming up this Friday, like we do every Friday for the next... A uh, few more weeks. We're doing it for 10 in, in total. Last week we did Ghost. We didn't really talk about it with Matt Unsworth, Unzi, who's our. Uh, and Ma- Max, you made an appearance on that. So if you haven't listened to the Ghost episode, Max does the tiebreaker on our verdict for the pedestal. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? That was a while ago. We recorded around Christmas. Yeah. And we were going out for like Christmas drinks after. So you just popped in. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. It was I, mean, a I had nothing really valuable to offer, right? But you broke the tiebreaker, oh, which okay. was good. So anyway, You're listen welcome. to that one. Uh, this Friday, you'll be hearing Terminator 2 Judgment Day coming up on the Mike on Much feed. So please go over and check out uh, all our episodes of The Pedestal. We have lots of great stuff. Guys, I feel bad. I was a little bit late today. Uh, That's okay. I know. But you, the thing is, it's like it's embarrassing because I, like, I hate being late because Shane comes the farthest. He comes from Hamilton. Mm-hmm. He has to leave at like 5 in the morning so the traffic works out. So he's here to record at 845. So I'm really disrespectful. You're by far Shane. the closest. I'm literally like four blocks away. Yeah. So when I roll in late, I, I do have immense guilt. Like I do like that really quick like walk or sometimes I'll even run. Mm-hmm. But what happened was... Uh, Danica decided to let me sleep in this morning, mm. which doesn't happen. Does she normally wake you up? You don't have an the alarm? The baby will wake me up, and then we'll kind of like, we double duty in the morning, or I'll just openly take care of the kid in the morning. The kid, Winona, my daughter, mm-hmm. my precious daughter. So I'll take care of her in the morning uh, while Danica does other stuff. She can go get a coffee, whatever, mm. because I know that she's going to be with the baby all day. So I kind of do morning duty. Uh, but last night, she, like, because she's getting ready to go back to work in September. So there's a big, like, work event, open bar, like, seven course meal type thing. Like, so she was like, oh, I'm going out tonight. I'm like, all right, I'm on. I'm like on daddy duty. Um, so I think this morning she was like, because I was out till like 1130 last night, I'll let Mike sleep in. But the problem is 
she didn't realize I was doing a pod or she had a few too many drinks and forgot that I was doing a pod. Mm. And <laughs> I had really bad like stomach issues through the night. And usually I have like an iron stomach. But this is like a classic. It, like it was a very sad glimpse into what like single dad life would be like. <laughs> the baby was sleeping and Danica was gone. And I was like, oh, I haven't eaten dinner. So you can't like you can't leave the apartment because the baby's sleeping. You can't just leave your baby in the apartment. Mm. So I had to make do. So I made six pierogies and two over easy eggs. <laughs> and I was like, what am I going to have with these? So I, I was like, oh, the sour cream. It's only it's two days away from expiry. Mm-hmm. And then hot sauce from Shonda. Dawson's wedding, which is well over a year old. And I was like, it's Dawson's hot sauce, which is the best hot sauce. So I ate it all and I thought I was fine. And then around one in the morning, I woke mm. up with the most intense stomach pains, spent the night, like, or at least an hour uh, on, on the toilet. What were you doing on the toilet? Number two? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever's beyond a number two. Uh, so, yeah. And it was just like this. It was just very, very. Like Millhouse's dad. Yeah. they get a divorce. Honestly, <laughs> I just binged Star Trek Discovery, ate six pierogies and two eggs, and then had the shits all night. It was the most depressing thing. And then, so I slept in this morning. So I heard Danica's going to Hawaii. Uh, Mexico, Mexico. She leaves in a week. It's, I'm l- alone with the the baby for. A oh, week. I was gonna ask: Is she taking the baby? Or are you no, taking man. That? Okay, cool. Yeah, just me and Winnie for a week. I'm already is planning. She's breastfeeding. How does that work? Uh, she's just like stopped because she's uh, gonna be gone for the week. So oh, we're just cool. we've just transitioned to the to the formula, which is like changing the sleeping patterns. And for her, it's good because now I can be far more of a participant in like uh, feedings. Although Winnie's now like sleeping through the night, so we used to have to do like these they call like dream feeds or midnight feeds. She'd wake up mm. two in the morning. But anyway, this is like this isn't a parent podcast. Everyone's like, dude, we don't care. Get to JFL. <laughs> uh, but I just wanted to apologize for being a little bit late this morning because I woke up in a panic. I looked at my phone. It was 830. I'm unshowered. I ran over here. Uh, As someone who's always late myself, like I'm usually five to ten minutes late for just about everything. I don't have any right to get mad, but I do find some. And I, I'm not I'm never mad when it comes to the pod being a little behind schedule because it's kind of early and um, everyone has to get to their job after anyway. So we know we're on a bit of a time restraint. But sometimes when it comes to lobby call with the band, if I'm usually the last guy to arrive in the lobby, like in the morning. Yeah. But if anybody else does it, I'm like, fucking guys, take your job seriously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is totally unfair. Does it annoy you, Shane, when we're a little bit late since you're the one that's traveling for two hours? No, never. That's good. Because I'm, I'm usually, it's weird. I'm usually not late. So, but I, I only mind people who do things that I do. It's weird. <laughs> since I'm never late, I'm not mad at people who are late for some reason. Right. But I get mad at people who are messy, and I'm very messy. So that, it's weird. It's like I hate what I am. That, so I was relating to you because you're late. You hate when someone's late. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. For the record, I, I think it was the sour cream that got me uh, mm-hmm. sick, not the Dawson's hot sauce, which is the best hot sauce in the business. I think we can all agree. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, this episode is also brought to you by Dawson's, Dawson's hot, sauce. hot sauce. Yeah, baby. I highly recommend it. It's made by our good friend uh, Brody Dawson and the Dawson family. They're uh, they're amazing. Hey, before we get to JFL, yeah. qu- quick little thing. Uh, I think like our uh, our rant section where we're trying to change some sort of like municipal law is is an effective bit. I think we should do more of that. So I want everybody to sort of take note on like things that piss them off and they should be changed legally. Okay. You know? And we have a caller section too that uh, like the when we ask people to call oh, in yeah. and leave voice notes. Yeah, yeah we have a Pe- few in the inbox waiting. Yeah, people emailed. I didn't know we should be checking our email because we had like sponsorship opportunities and <laughs> yeah. a bunch of stuff. In <laughs> oh there, yeah, so. that's hilarious. So we had a, a meeting yesterday about the podcast and some stuff that we're going to be doing that's exciting going forward. And Shane's like, uh, "Hey, is anybody?" Uh, Checked the Gmail. I've never, uh, I've never looked at the Michael much Gmail before. Oh, well, I didn't even do it purposely. I just went to check my personal Gmail. But you know, sometimes it yeah. auto loads the last one that logged in. Yeah. And someone on my computer must have logged into the Michael much one at work. Yeah. Uh, it might have been. I don't know. I haven't been in there in like about five months. But okay. I think I might have had to get in there for like instructions for something. But anyway, well, don't touch my shit. <laughs> well, because well, we both have Avids on our computer. Yeah. Right? Like so, like I, I think I, it's it's on your main, yeah, not just your laptop. First. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's literally fine. like eight it's, at night. I know. Uh, so anyway, I uh, I haven't been in there in like months. So when you're like, hey, uh, has anyone checked it? I was like, no, I haven't been in there in months. Max, when was the last time you looked at it? Uh, well, actually, I think I checked it the day I put out the call for people to, and then I stopped checking. Oh, so when you ask for people yeah. to send voicemails, okay. But, but I find an email, I go through and it's like, this one's just for Shane. And then it was like, there was another bank who wanted a potential sponsorship. So I'm like, Max, get on this. And then you send an email and the employee no longer works. <laughs> <laughs> Lost out on that one. That's hilarious. Um, but yeah, um, yeah the, my, so my one uh, change I'd like to see uh, you know, under the rule of law 
is I think uh, w- tinted windows in automobiles. Oh, are, we're doing the bit now. Come yeah, on. Okay. <laughs> okay, no, I, I'm going to start. You don't have to have one for today. Just, just keep right. in mind. Is I think so we'll the, just be the unfunny guys with no rants. Okay, continue. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, no. It's just, Go. It's fine. I'm fine being rantless. Just say I, so I was on my bike today and a guy like pulled out aggressively out of a parking garage and I wanted to do the stare thing at him and I yeah. couldn't even look at him. And I just think they're dangerous. I think there needs to be some amount of mm-hmm. eye contact for different vehicles that are traveling through the city. And when you – I think tinted windows are antisocial behavior and I think they should be legal. <laughs> I just don't understand how they are legal. Well, it's I hard think to there tell. is laws. I think there's laws about how tinted a window can be. There is. Yeah. Well, I think they should be no tints at all. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. It's definitely they enforced along your front window. Yeah. But the side one, I feel like they let it legally. It can be way too tinted. Way too tinted. Because if somebody does something a little bit fucked up, you and you want to look to see how much you can lay on the horn. Yeah. Because the equation's <laughs> always, can I beat this person up if it comes to? <laughs> see, that's a good I'm hot like, take. What if it's, I'm like, what if it's a huge guy in there who could kick my ass? Because uh-huh. I find uh, people do that to me. Sometimes if I do a little... Honk like you know. Sometimes uh, if the light changes to green, uh-huh. I'll j- and the person's like texting or something, I'll just try to give them a polite honk. Yeah. But nobody likes being honked at, no. so people will often pull up beside me and see if they can take me. <laughs> and often they'll corner me and get out of their car and yell at me. Often, often it's well. I, here's the thing: not often now, but I used to wear um like Rick Moranis like nerd glasses. Uh. <laughs> So they thought they could beat you up. Like, and that was when I was at the peak of my driving. I drove this little Ford Escort, which is a very shitty looking, pathetic car. And I was wearing the glasses and I had like a tie because I, I worked at a cell phone place. So I looked like a little nerd. But sometimes I'd be like beep beep and my horn sounds pathetic. So men would trap me and come out of the car and be like, don't you ever fucking honk at another man and do that shit to me. And I'm like, sorry, sir. But that happened to me like five times. Oh, man. Yeah. It hasn't happened to me since, but I don't really drive anymore. You know, uh, the other day when we were in the Netherlands on tour, uh, some guy, you know, they have these like narrow streets and there's like a lot of like cyclists and people walking about and some guy in his car just like raced around a corner like super fast and it was like really like uh, it was like laying it on so it was like super loud and I was just like, hey, fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> you said that? Oh, yeah. Oh, I have a really nasty habit of uh, <laughs> of yelling at automobiles that are driving too fast and uh, and motorcycles that are too loud. So whenever I'm with Lauren and a motorcycle passes by, I'm like, that's being like really loud and demonstrative. I'm like, way to go, buddy. You see, you look fucking great. Yeah, wait a minute. I started clapping my hands. But one of the, no one's ever got out of the car to confront me. But one of the, one of these days is going to happen. I'm a big uh, car kicker. Oh, really? And uh, like I, I like drinking milk, right? People who know me know this. So uh, sometimes <laughs> it's, it's amazing if a car does something fucked up to me and I have a little carton of milk. Because I will throw it. Because I know it's not going to really hurt the car, but it's going to explode all over their windshield. Very, very dramatic. Yeah, you do that. Yeah, and I, that's <laughs> awesome. Yo, we didn't you? I saw. Yeah, yeah. When we got back from Cuba, you and I, we did a trip. I don't know if it was that trip, but you kicked a car at the airport. I remember thinking, "Oh fuck." Yeah, and it, uh, then it was stupid because a big Russian guy got yeah. out. Wanted to, <laughs> he wanted to fight you. I was and like, he had, oh, like the shit. old school like fighting style well, from like the, the Irish, yeah. little like Irish dukes. Guy. Yeah, yeah, but I couldn't believe it when you kicked the car i was like he stole our cab mike there's like a cab lineup and he cut in front of us and him and his like beautiful wife just just got in they didn't care and shane was like no i'm not having it kicks the car it was wild you kicked the cab what's that you kicked the cab yeah it was like he tried to kick the black door shut pissed not only at the russian guy but at the cab driver right so it was like a double whammy it's like no we're in line and we're very late to get home like that was a terrible like we missed our flight or something i just remember it was like it was delayed yeah yeah. we were in a bad state and it was like it was one of those things where you get in at like midnight it's Mm. very late and shane was ready to fight a fight like a giant like buff like well i was ready to fight till he got out then i certainly (laughs) wasn't ready anymore but another time um i was walking with uh my girlfriend at the time in a uh car just came up and just almost killed my girlfriend. And I was like, what the fuck? So I just got my milk that I was carrying and <laughs> threw it at the windshield. It exploded. Oh, wow. And then uh, the woman rolled down her window. She's like, I'm sorry. I'm having a really bad day. <laughs> 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 and 
I was like, Helen? And I was like, oh my God. Like, it was a girl I went to high school with. I'm like, I am so sorry. I just, oh, you knew the girl. Yeah, and she was crying and freaking out, and I had to comfort her. Yeah, I felt you, Helen Thunderbird. I remember, yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. That's so funny. You comfort her, like, you put your arm around her, but then you slowly start to tighten it. Well, I, I started, like, crying too, because I hate when people cry. Yeah. So it was like this total, like, uh, <laughs> let's, thing. Go, let's go to the car wash and help her get the milk off the windshield. Yeah. That's so but, funny. But, uh, yeah, I'm emotionally unstable. I also find it funny, last thing, when uh, cyclists get really mad at cars. I mean, that's a hot-button issue for sure. But there's this uh, Portlandia skit where there's like the angry bike courier. Have you yeah, ever seen this yeah, one? Fred Armisen yeah. plays an angry bike courier where he like he looks like a bike courier who's got like kind of big uh, earrings, like you know those like uh, spacers. Yeah, and and he's just pissed off all the time. And, and he's stupid like, hat that like tips up. Yeah, exactly. And he and he's just like as he's riding his bike through Portland, he's just yelling like cyclist rights, and he's just hitting everything mm-hmm. in his way. So whenever I see uh, a cyclist get mad at a car and like hit the car I'm, there's always something kind of entertaining to me about that yeah even pedi- though it's kind of dangerous pedestrians hate cyclists cyclists hate vehicles and then yeah that's kind of the hierarchy and vehicles are like the kings of the road yeah but yeah. vehicles you know what's funny this is a bit of a hot take is that i actually as somebody who bicycles around toronto and and sometimes and you, you probably relate to this erica who feels sort of unsafe because cars can sometimes not realize you're coming um, I also have a lot of sympathy for the drivers in Toronto too, because I've driven in Toronto, and you're—it's—it's it's hard, and it, you, jungle out there, man. it's a jungle out there, and oftentimes you can be really doing your best, and then you can still make a bad move and like not realize that a cyclist is coming. Well, there's yeah. too many cyclists now. I yeah, what happens in a city with this many people though. It's uh-huh. just, we're too, there's too many of us all on top of each other, and it's hard to live in a, a cohesive way. In some ways, it's kind of majestic that it does work as well as it does. Well, in Amsterdam, I mean, I, I think they have a little more experience having to deal with like a, a streetcar and a car and like a million cyclists all in a tiny little street. Also, there's only cyclists like what four months of the year. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like it's like we have to readjust to, exactly. to them on mass every year in like May. It's like oh here they come again. Yeah, yeah. and, and like every year not there's a lot more of people too. are friendly cruising. They're really going for it, like professional cyclists. Oh, you like mean, they're going fast. Like they're going bike way lanes. too fast. Yeah, that's I find. yeah. I and they're like very slow. That's the yeah, only way I feel like really I, safe. I, I do I'm agree. Biking. I do agree. If you're on like one of the bike lanes on like College Street or something like that, and like during rush hour in the summertime, it is crazy. It's, it's like yeah. the Tour de France. It's fucking nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. Right outside of this office here at yeah. E1, you guys, there's a bike lane, and if you leave at like if you walk by there at five five between yeah, five and five thirty yeah. on Richmond. It's honestly like its own car lane going like a bajillion miles an hour, and they are intimidating. And I, I was thinking, like, if I was one of the bikes in there and you're not keeping up, like, yeah, man, you got to And I ride kind of slow and I'm always getting overtaken. But do you get bike rage if somebody like ding, ding and like cuts you off? No, I don't care. I usually just try to stay out of those lanes altogether. Luckily, I live north and don't have to do like the east west corridors. So I can usually get from my place down to here all through side streets. So it's actually a quite mm. leisurely yeah. sort of meditative bike ride when I find me down here. But yeah, it's I feel like cyclists in Toronto who are like, who like think of it as like real exercise it's like no it's like just think about getting to work safely it's like yeah. this idea that like i'm gonna pedal as fast as i fucking can yeah. it's just so On dangerous university avenue yeah, yeah. i feel nuts. like a lot of drivers in toronto too aren't from the city mm. oh you know? sure yeah. so a lot of them probably come from like i don't know gta or outside suburbs that aren't used to as many like bikers on the street yeah well i thought of a rant thing <laughs> okay i just thought of a rant thing too you go first okay so for <laughs> drivers who are new to the city there's these little fucking rule signs that are in like microtype. And it's like if you're trying to read the signs, somebody's up your ass honking. Like, don't you know, no turn left turns on every third Sunday between four and six. It's like I'm trying to read the sign yeah. to figure out the rules. But people who aren't from the city can never read it because it's this big. Mm-hmm. And you can only actually read it when you've passed the sign. Like when, once yeah. you're too close, you know what I mean? It's not like mm. in 20 meters, there's going to be a, so better no signage. left turns. Better, bigger signage. And don't put it on the light that, mm. that tells you the rule. Put it 50 meters ahead, like up ahead, no left turns. Or have like a digital thing blinking saying yeah, something yeah. very clearly. Mm-hmm. And those parking signs are all bullshit too. Like it's very hard to decipher. Yeah. Like speak in layman's terms. Oh, for sure. They're trying to screw you to get. Yeah, because you're like, okay, but what about between twelve and seven? Like, what does that mean? Yeah, I totally Mm -hmm. know what you mean. Uh, Erica, what's your rant? Well, my roommate just texted my group chat. Mm -hmm. Have you guys all? Have you guys all had roommates? (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. She said, 
hey, are you both are you both going to be home tonight? And mm-hmm. I know what that means. That means she has a date. And she wants to invite them over and she wants to hang out in the common area of the house without us around. Yeah. Oh. So how do we feel about that? Mm. About renting out the common space in the house where we have the cable, the Apple TV, the this, the that. Like, it's, should it's I be shunned to my room because you have a date? It's, it's a frequency issue. Yeah. What's that? How, how, often? how often does this happen? <laughs> Not that often. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Loser. Wow. Throwing shade. <laughs> they give her the room. My God. Yeah. It depends on. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The yeah. frequency episode. Uh, if like this is happening like three times a week, that's an issue. Yeah. You're right. It's it's definitely like, not. She, she seems like a borderline incel the way you're describing. <laughs> <laughs> Never happens ever. <laughs> Yet it's my number one complaint. Uh, no, it happens occasionally. Okay. Well, nice. you, okay, but here's the other thing though. It's got to be a give and take. Do you do dates in the common room? Um, I I never assume that I can like rent it out. Right. If 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 the date is ever happening in the common room, it's like, well, then we're hanging out with my roommates tonight, probably. What are your thoughts on hanky panky and maybe even sex in the common room? Um. <laughs> like with roommates home? As long as no one's home. That's okay. And as, as long as you never tell me. Okay. Do whatever you want and right. vice versa. So don't ask, don't tell Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know what's is happening it like, on this uh, Is it like that you're soiling the couch or something? Well, I would think... Uh, it's a leather couch. <laughs> oh, that's easy to clean then. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you have experience. <laughs> well, pro. you know what's interesting though? You're highlighting something, Erica, is that there's some people that, like myself, that are very comfortable with like a give and take, especially amongst like friends where it's like my starting point is is like, oh, you need a thing. I'll happily go somewhere else. All good. Whatever. It's like mm-hmm. you know, you're not doing this three times a week. And there's some people like yourself who like would f- feel guilty about doing, the, doing asking that. For about it. asking. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just like a difference in like, your starting points when it comes to like social behavior. Because like I have no problem uh, asking people for favors or like borrowing shit from people or like asking, can I have that? Can I do it? Mm-hmm. Because if some, anybody were to ask me anything, I'd be like, yeah, sure, take it. Like I just I, – because I feel like it's – at least in my mind, maybe I'm delusional, that it's a reciprocal thing. But yeah. other people obviously yeah. don't have that starting point or don't assume in the same way. So it's just – that's an interesting dynamic. I think that's why like Dane Hamilton and I work pretty well as like best pals is that like he knows he can just tell me what, to do literally anything and I'll like yeah, okay, I'll do that for you and vice versa nice yeah anyway alright let's get to JFL sorry alright welcome to the JFL episode <laughs> I <forgot> 45 <laughs> minutes into the episode I can tell Mike was uh, <laughs> phasing out we're at 22 um the uh, <laughs> right now well, we got to be somewhere. We only have an hour to do these things. Like yeah. we, Shane and I got to yeah, go to no. work. We have a job, Max. Yeah. You get to go to Dan Hamilton's and work out and do all these things where you, you feel very comfortable doing it, Dan. Um, are you going to work today, Erica? Uh, no. Oh, wow. So, Shaney, we're the only ones on the clock I'm here. I'm sorry, Mike. I got sucked into rant world. And I could see you were annoyed. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can cut right my, yeah. my rant out. It's no, not, no, no. You're not anything. Great, yeah. It's just the, the finite amount of time yeah, we have. No, no, Listen, if this was a Saturday, we could just do rants for three hours straight. Hey, uh, speaking of Mike, though, last thing before we get to What up? Yeah. Is last rant. rant. <laughs> Mike. Shout, shout out to, to Mike. When we were recording, um, when I was in the, the Netherlands doing this podcast, um, the rule is if on Skype is if I'm talking to you guys, I need to put my headphones in so the voice, the, your voices are not being picked up on my microphone. Bleeding through, yeah. Bleeding through. There's a natural delay on the... There's a natural yeah. delay and also it was a, a bad internet connection so there's like, there's times where like I didn't hear anything <laughs> and then you hear like and then it catches up. But anyway, basically that made the edit job for that episode, the last episode that you heard, the, the one with me going to the rave, basically impossible and Mike had to like <laughs> literally spend how long did it take you it was a long time like give me an hour, like how many hours oh like th- collectively like over three hours but I had to le- go home put the baby to bed and then come back to work to finish yeah. Erica was on vacation so, so typically an edit job that might take like how long oh yeah like whatever like the length of the episode yeah. beyond yeah exactly it like. was it was a fucking nightmare so shout out to Mike oh, for, for did, uh, you didn't have headphones on no I, I realized yeah. I realized two thirds of the way through the episode I'm like guys I fucked up yeah anyway um, it's all good all right so, this is the Just for Laughs episode. Shane and I just got back from uh, uh, Montreal a couple days ago. Uh, it is the Comedy Coachella. We've talked about it the last three years. It's the best thing that w- I think that we get to do uh, as like sort of a perk of having this podcast is going to Just for Laughs, uh, getting interviews, seeing all the shows. Uh, the festival is always so good to the podcast. We get like free tickets to everything. Last year, you heard us talk about seeing Dave Chappelle and John Mayer uh, in like a little bar, smaller than the horseshoe, at like midnight 
him do a two and a half hour set. Tiffany Haddish got up. Chappelle got hammered. He did a shot with Shane and I. It was like, it was a magical moment. And that sort of encapsulates why JFL can be so great. You're around some of the biggest comedy names in the world sitting just as far as the four of us are sitting from each other right now um, because everybody hangs out at this bar uh, at the hotel that all the, the people stay at. It used to be the Hyatt. They just changed it to a Doubletree uh, this year, which was confusing because they're like, well, you're staying in the Doubletree. And we were like, no, 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 we need to stay in the Hyatt. Yeah. And, and they're like, oh, they changed their name to the Doubletree. I'm like, ah. Uh. <laughs> um, who do yeah. we think? Who makes this happen for us? Is it Justin? Is it Sarah? It's 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 Justin and Mike McShane are the ones that give the green light for to send us wow. that pay That's for crazy. for this trip, which is so nice, uh, so that we can have this great uh, episode of the podcast. We haven't even said off the top that our guests today mm. are two. Conan O'Brien writers who have their own podcast called Inside Conan, uh, where they talk about sort of how you make, it's kind of the minutiae of how you make a late night show. Mm. Uh, and their names are Mike Sweeney and Jesse Gaskell. Uh, I'm so excited to listen to this. Yeah, it was. Because I love Conan a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I want to know all about it. They're great. You know, we talk about their, their well, we'll get to them uh, once we get to the interview. But before we get to them, uh, yeah, we flew in on Wednesday night uh, and we got, we left Saturday morning because our friend AJ uh, and Carly, uh, they got married, which was, we'll have to talk about we'll that. We'll have an episode, episode about that. Just too. about that, because yeah. that was its own damn thing. Uh, that wedding it was, was a very funny wedding. Are yeah. you drinking my coffee, yeah, Max? Yeah, sure. Just ask. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a callback to the rants. Uh, so yeah, uh, we we got into town, and the first show we saw, we literally like we landed at like seven twenty, and we went right to uh, Stevo. Uh, of Jackass fan. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he had a show at this big theater. Uh, actually, yeah, like a big theater uh, called Olympia or Olympia mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah. in Montreal. Oh, you know it. Well, I just saw um, um, Fred Armisen post a photo from there. That's where his, his show yeah, yeah. was. And then, yeah, a couple nights later, we, we saw Crawl. But we'll sort of walk through through the, uh, the, the order of events. But we saw Steve-O uh, at a theater, first thing we saw that night. And... Uh, Shaney, what were your thoughts? Did you just get kicked in the balls and stuff? Is that his bit? That's what you think. We didn't know what to expect. Fir- that was the opener, the first half hour. <laughs> <laughs> Bring out the balls. <laughs> uh, no, he did kind of what I did for our first live show. Mm. So he told stories, uh, set them up, and then would throw to a video. Uh, okay. And uh, the big climax, no pun intended, was uh, him jerking off uh, and, and coming Right before he jumps out of a, an airplane, skydives. Oh. So he kind of opens up. That's what he always wanted to do. That was his dream. It's called Steve-O's bucket list. Yeah, to jerk off and then. So, so every stunt he shows are on his bucket list. Uh, okay. So he sets up how he did the stunt. He had to find like so. Your first time jumping out of a plane, you need to have like a guy jump mm-hmm. with you. So the hardest part was him and his production team trying to find a guy that was willing to be strapped to him while he he masturbated. But he wanted to orgasm just as he jumped out. Like ah, j- so, he had to time it. Yeah, so he didn't jerk off for like uh, four days. <laughs> so he was all pent up, and then he he got all, all this like special porn. But there was like computer issues, and the the porn was like skipping. And then it's and if they miss their certain altitude, he misses the jump window. Uh, so, so it's really and he had a team like lubing him up and stuff, and he painted his like dick area completely black. Like it, it was interesting. <laughs> yeah. So like, but. He- <laughs> Here's here's what here's what I'll say about Steve O's show is that he put a lot of thought into it and I thought it was a pretty well oiled <laughs> machine uh, uh, as far as like the mechanics of it his story construction was was good he he's clearly done this show a few times the throwing of the video it all really worked like Shane said it reminded us of the uh, the stuff that Shane did at our first show at it the wasn't event. just like a stupid guy throwing the stupid stunts it was like well crafted yeah exactly exactly uh, and and he had his people there man like people were there and they were drunk and they were rowdy. And uh, like like jackass fans were really sort of into it, mm-hmm. and and it's funny because a lot of the sexual like the you know the the masturbating or like him running around nude or like shitting on things that's kind of like what you expect from Steve and it's entertaining. He closed with like a really sort of um, violent self mutilation thing, and it's uh. like that's not my I, I it's hard for me to watch that stuff. Like I it's not as like fun a anymore. Video of him, yes, uh. yeah. Well, it was just super scary and irresponsible and like borderline life threatening. But like- here's the thing. But this is what his fans want. So like even though Shane and I were kind of like ooh. He should have closed on the uh, the the uh, skydiving masturbation, which was kind of frivolous and fun and no harm, no foul. This other one was very sort of like he, he harmed himself a lot. But when it happened, there's like an explosion. The and I don't want we don't want to give away his whole show in case people want to see it, you know, which which was very entertaining. His core fan base, like when the explosion happens, they're like they're losing it. Like that's oh, kind wow. of what they get out of Jackass is like watching somebody stick a needle in their nuts or Ugh. like. Doing things, falling from a long, uh, a high, sort of like a, a big height or whatever. 
to me, that was kind of like a, ooh, I, I wish you got out on the other climax. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was more about the stories leading up to the video clips than the video clips themselves. It's like yeah. the video clips were kind of like the payoff, which filled in. The, How old is he? You uh, I think he's in his early 40s, 42. I think he said his, his age. I wonder how long point. he can do this for. Well, he just mentioned that he's in his 40s, right? Because right? he's yeah. saying how he, he can't do this for much longer. Right. Uh-huh. So he had to do the bucket list now. Anyway, it was a good show. And then from there, we went to uh, to uh, Midnight Surprise, mm. where uh, Chris Red, former uh, guest Bob, yeah. on the Mike on Much podcast, as well as Mike in Conversation with Shane, did a digital dessert last year with them. A very funny skin. digital design. Yeah, so uh, that might have been my favorite on the crazy. Oh. It was definitely the most polarizing slash made some of my family not like me anymore. <laughs> was it the rapping? It was the rapping. It was just <laughs> I didn't want anyone to watch that one. Um. And then uh, certain uh, like my my in laws were okay with it. Mm-hmm. Maybe not my mother in law, but my father in law <laughs> was okay with it. But uh, his brother was very very put off by it, and I think well, their family can't really blame them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I took. I know. I took. You just few, said it was your favorite. Well, I love it, but I wouldn't want my brother to do some crazy stuff. Like yeah, that. I'm very uh. proud and embarrassed and ashamed by it. No, it's great. It was great. <laughs> I loved it. It's like the life experience in some ways. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, so Chris Red hosts the Midnight Surprise, and we've talked about it before. The thing that makes Midnight Surprise so awesome is that you don't know who's going to be there. You just have to show up and have faith, that, and it starts at midnight, it's namesake, and um, they, uh, they just, they're going to bring out four c- comics. You know that. It's going to be hosted by Chris Red, and you don't know who you're going to get. Like I said, last year we got Chappelle and Mayer, which was amazing. So first comic out after Chris Red opens on our first night was Neil Brennan. Oh, cool. And uh, by the way, are they like... Hanging about, like, can you, are you guessing? Like, oh, Neil Brennan's over there. One hundred percent. We okay. always hang out in the spot that the comedians uh, hang out when they're in the queue to mm. go next. Uh, okay. And so I don't even look at the comedian on stage. I'm always just staring at the comedian about to go on. Yeah. Because they'll often be talking to themselves and like oh, cool. getting yeah. pumped, and uh-huh. it's very interesting to watch the behind the scenes. Cool. So Neil Brennan, uh, for those that don't know, don't know, he co-created the Chappelle Show, mm-hmm. uh, and he, Three Mics is his famous uh, stand-up special. Uh, so he opened. Felt like, but what's cool about it is people like work work out their material. Like Shane and I, two years ago, saw Kevin Hart kind of come out, and he's just like trying shit, and then that ended up in his huge special the next year at the Bell Center. Like, and that's on Netflix now. So you get to see these guys kind of work their craft, which I think is sort of the 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 biggest draw about Just for Laugh, especially a midnight show like that. So Neil Brennan just comes out. Working shit. Some stuff's like really killing. Some stuff's kind of like this. And he's like, all right, I'll try this. And then he does that. Mm. Um, that night we also Strict, saw... No, no cell phone policy, I imagine? No. Not, they didn't not, give a shit. Yeah. I mean, it'd oh. be very taboo, though, to pull out your phone and like start taking photos or shooting. Like, yeah. I mean, they, they have like a, a recording that's like, no video, blah, 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 blah. And then a little yeah. song comes on. But like, if you were to pull out your phone, someone would probably stop you. At yeah. the Chappelle Mare one, they put everything in sacks. Yeah, like, yeah. They weren't going to let you pull, even mm. risk it. Um, but uh, and then after him, we saw a famous comedian, Blake Griffin. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, for the basketball fans, NBA out there, player, that must be very exciting. So he was hovering in the back, like Shane said. We're like, oh shit, there's Blake Griffin. You know, all six ten of them, mm-hmm. reading his notes, getting ready to go up, kind of psyching himself up. So for like those of you who don't know, he's a he's like an all star power forward for the Detroit Pistons, uh, and he is a big comedy fan. So he's been doing stand up. He's like developing a show, stuff like that. But anyway, uh, his stand up wasn't bad. He was good. Like he was like. I don't. I don't know. I never know how to say it. Is it like? Is he funny for an athlete, or is he like? I think that's the way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, what good. was the bits? What were they like? I thought he was more actually sort of confident with his stand-up rhythms than a John Mayer. Hmm. Uh, well, I feel like John Mayer is is better off the cuff, and right. I feel like that bit wasn't super planned with Chappelle. Yeah. Whereas Blake had tried and tested material. Like, so his, his routine was like, it's funny, you guys are all here to see me, but can you imagine if a comedian played in an NBA game? Uh, Introducing at starting center, Cat Williams. And, you know, no one would like ever that. pay to go to an NBA game sure, to see yeah. a comedian. In case yeah. you didn't get the bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Well, everybody was dead bombed. silent. Yeah, <laughs> it got a huge laugh for Blake. <laughs> I was Delivery is important. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, and then... Um, and that was the first night. And then we ended up going like back and like just partying hard because essentially we kind of we got off the plane and just were like, JFL, JFL, Montreal, glug, 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 glug. You know, like it was it was a really fun night back at the lobby bar. Like we said, everybody goes back because all of these comedians, their shows end uh, either at midnight or if they're part of the midnight surprise at like two. Right. But there's people like there's like open like there's roast battles at, at midnight with Jeff Ross. all this stuff. So all the comedians who sleep on these wild schedules. 
they all just start get going at two. So that bar mm. at the Hyatt, now Doubletree, gets wild. So Blake Griffin's just there hanging out. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm getting a photo with Blake Griffin. Oh, I'm, like, nice. I'm like, I'm an NBA fan. I don't like, I'm just like, I'm good. I'm going to get a photo with him. So I go up to him and I'm like, hey, Blake, I'm like, uh, I'm from Toronto. Uh, so we're re- really close to Detroit. Uh, you were really good tonight at the Midnight Surprise. He's like, oh, thanks, man. I'm like, do you mind if I get a photo? He's like, no, 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 not at all. So like we do a photo, but it's like, I'm only going to do it once. Yeah. And you can't look at it until you walk away. Uh-huh. So I do the photo. Selfie? Yeah. Okay. But wait, you're not going to ruin my story about you, are you? No. Okay. Well, what's the story? Well, just the punchline about the photo? Well, I, I, I don't just tell it. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> well, you, you go from your perspective. No, 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 no. I, I, just, I just thought it was very funny, your reaction to the photo. Yeah. But I've still got to get to the part where I see the photo. Okay. Go. <laughs> sorry so, sorry i thought we discussed this before sorry so i go back and look at the photo and i'm like i can't post the photo because i feel like blake doesn't look happy to be having the photo with me uh, okay <laughs> which would have led to your thing <laughs> no nah, no nah, it's okay <laughs> no it, uh, tell your story no i can't because now now i know the uh the reason why because I, I but was, i already told you that right okay <laughs> No, it's fine. <laughs> this is hilarious. This is <laughs> never Shovel in paradise. Yeah, because that was my whole thing. I was going to post it, and then it was like Blake looked so unhappy. Yeah. It looked like it's a I classic was... celebrity photo where they're like, oh, the celebrity is being bothered again. That's Even what, though yeah, that's not cool. what actually No, the conversation felt fine, but because he's also so tall and it's like a low angle, yeah. it's like, oh, man, I'm like, it just looks like I bothered him at three in the morning, yeah. and that's not fun for anybody. We'll post it on our socials. That's yeah, yeah. What, that was always going to be the plan man. after I told the story. Yeah. That's uh that, that that's very annoying when you're like I'm so excited to get this shot and then something's fucked up about it. You're like it's yeah it, it's fine it's just like oh I feel like such a loser and yeah. I totally like I encroached on his time so I'm like yeah, I'm not posting that yeah hey but can we do it again just like, smile a little bit more <laughs> and, I, and I was going I was gonna go back and get another one oh you're gonna do it? I was go I was like I should go back I should do another one again I'm drunk by yeah. this point so I'm like but I did not end up going back and getting forward which I'm glad about yeah. and it's like but yeah at one point I wanted to go talk to Neil Brennan but that first night it was like Shane was like we're getting out of the bar right mm-hmm. now and I I was like, all right, let's leave. How many like plebes are there versus uh, normal like big time comedians? That's a good question. I don't see. Here's the thing, though, not many. Like when you, by, what do you mean by plebes? Like, like, like you guys. Like, well, but we're industry. Like we're the, we're actually working. Like we're there. We interview people. We're part sure, of the Sure, I guess I mean to say like I know you're in the infrastructure, but like how many like. Well, no, like, see, there's like, different things because there's like there's like you have just comedy super fans that now know about the the Hyatt Bar, or you have like groupies that are kind of hanging around uh-huh. wanting to see celebrities. Then you have people that are actually worked or like went to shows, and then they're like their press. So yeah, you like like say like us, we'd be industry. Um, so it's like even like you see the publicists, or you see this, and it's like you maybe you have an. Interview oh, I wasn't sure if it was like station. just comedians or yeah. It's like comedians, the their entourages, mm-hmm. industry people, then people like Justin Stockman, who's there to hear pitches to buy shows for like. Like uh, for Crave, people that are here there to hear pitches for like Comedy Central in the states. So it's like uh, it's okay. basically like you had the the the, the heads of HBO, uh, Fox, um, Showtime, all of them. Like they they're they're doing panels during the day. It's like this huge like mega hub. All these people are out for drinks in this lobby bar, and then it's like oh there goes Kevin Hart. So uh, like if you, if if, you, if like I guess oh I see I see okay. So I, I yeah I don't know what you mean. Like, no that that makes sense. I wasn't I I, I didn't know sure. if it was like just comedians. In my mind, it was like just comedians, no. saying, or if it was a more of a mix of people. There's like basically there's like levels of passes. Think about it like Coachella. Sure, uh, sure, sure, Not sure. everyone in that backstage area with Leonardo DiCaprio is a musician or a famous yeah. person, but they're like either part of that group or they're like music managers okay. or label heads, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Would you agree with that? That's kind of the mix of yeah. people. Cool. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the vibe. Sure. But anyway, and it's not weird to go up and say, "Hey, good show," no, or no, something no, no, like no, that. No. Like yeah. nobody's like, "Oh, fuck," because they know it's just mostly industry people. Yeah. Um, except for if you're me and be like, Blake, can I have a photo? <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was the first night. And then the second night, um, what did we do? We do. Oh, was that Neil uh, Brennan was the last night. So the second night was, oh no, no, Neil Brennan was the second night. No, Neil was the first night. No, Steve was the first night. Yeah. But then we went to the, the midnight surprise show where Neil Brennan. Sorry. I'm talking about Nick Kroll. I'm mixing yeah. up my ends. Yeah. You're hundred percent right. So we, so the second night, uh, our, our first show of the night is uh, Nick Kroll. Actually, what did we do that day? Oh, we saw our patron saint, Justin Stockman, on a panel with all... The, it was like him, who's like the head of Crave, with all the heads of... Like, you know, the people... They had such interesting stories about like 
I've been saying for the last like 15 years, go find me a show like Friends, you know, because they, they green light comedies and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And it's so insidery. And if you get one of these sort of passes to JFL, that's like a, an elite pass or I don't know what they would cost. We're lucky enough to just have them. You get to hear so many good insidery sort of stories on from like panels. the network execs. If you're into that industry, no, that's shit, cool. you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like cool. it's very insidery. But um, that night we went to uh, Nick Kroll, who I'd never we'd never seen live. He's awesome stand up. Like I saw him a couple of years ago open for Amy Schumer and Aziz Ansari, I think, at Molson Amphitheater at the time, Budweiser stage. And I thought he was wicked as a stand-up. Was he good? Yeah, he was probably my favorite one for sure. Yeah. yeah. He's edgier than you think too, I thought. Oh, he was To me, he was more like less edgy and more emotional. Oh, interesting. And like told relatable stories about you know, being broken up with and someone not being attracted to him. And then mm. like he was, it was almost like an adult version of Big Mouth. Okay. Yeah. Big Mouth is awesome if you haven't seen it. People Our, love Big Mouth. Yeah. So speaking of Big Mouth, he he brought out uh, two openers. So again, Nick Kroll was at this theater that Stevie was at, Olympia in okay. Montreal. And he had two openers. Um, and they're both writers on the show, but also stand-up comedians in their own right. That's oh, probably cool. how they find They're like younger uh, comedians. Um but the second person to come out, uh, her name is uh, Patty Harrison. Have you heard of Patty Harrison? Heard that name, yeah. So she was like, we didn't know what to expect because her, her bit was very interesting. She comes out and she's very sort of like low-key and she's like, um, I, write, I write music and uh, Nick said that I could this, he'd give me this platform, which is really nice because I'm very self-conscious about my music. And it's kind of that thing where you go, is this earnest? Like, were you thinking like this is totally, I don't know what to make of this? I knew it was a joke just because it was just for laughs, but she she did it very very convincingly and committed. Mm-hmm. It was like a it was like a five minute open of that before you get <laughs> her to just the, being really sheepish and insecure about it all. And she's like, "Do you want do you want to hear a song?" And then she's like, "Okay, play the track." And then she does a song, and it's fucking hilarious. It's like dirty and ridiculous and absurd, <laughs> and it completely goes against. Like she'll explain how she wrote it and that she wrote it for Dua Lipa, and then it's like it's just so fucking funny. Uh, so she did three of those, and it was really performative. She was kind of dressed like Sporty Spice, like just it was really really funny. So she like breaks out of her shell for the performance, and then does she go get really small again? After the yeah, she's kind of like oh sorry, you know, like yeah, this yeah, and yeah. That. I, I'm not really much of a singer, but then at times she's really good, and and the content, the lyrics are really funny, like dirty and kind of hilarious and um, patty harrison patty harrison so i'd recommend going to see her but so when we walk out we're like all like nick crawl was like amazing but yo patty harrison was like amazing like she was like she was the one that we didn't know or hadn't Uh seen before and then i'm trying to think of anything else that uh that happened uh nick crawl was amazing he was probably the best that like shane said uh him or that mustache guy and i feel terrible that i don't know that mustache guy's name because nick offerman (laughs) no we can't remember his name but he basically went up at the midnight surprise and we thought he was gonna suck and he was just fucking... Hol- I, I laughed harder at that guy in his five minutes than anything else that wow. weekend. So he he was kind of special. And I saw him at the party after and I said, hey, blah, blah, blah that was like amazing. And I still have not gone back and tried to find his name. Uh, also, I feel like people are going to be like, what was the Blake Griffin story? You should just tell it as well, it was. M- here's the thing. We might have <laughs> had this conversation drunk and maybe you don't remember, but I was like, uh, Mike, let me set up the Blake Griffin thing. And I was like, I know you're worried. I'm going to make it seem like you're you're too drunk. But uh, yeah. I'm like, I won't do that. I'll make it seem like fun. I just thought it was the punchline that you wanted, which I thought you were going to get to, which is be. Yeah, well, the whole thing it. was just funny how you were being that night. And I yeah. was like, oh, let me let me tell it. And then I was like, ah, maybe maybe you were steamrolling because you didn't want me to say anything. But I was like, oh, fine. No. How would you have told it? Just get on yeah. with it. Well, I also I got a photo with Steve-O and stuff and I was going to get into that. But OK, so. <laughs> Anyway, I was kind of, I guess the, the story would be, I was following Mike's way he, he drinks that night, which mm. is never to eat any food. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, if you have an energy drink and you uh, drink alcohol, typically you go nuts. Like, I've, I've done research on this. It's actually like the worst thing you can do is mix an energy drink with alcohol. <laughs> yes. like on an empty stomach. Just even in general. It's the reason Four Locos have been banned for years, since Mm -hmm. 2010. Uh, So anyway, we were doing that. We never had time to eat. And then after the the last midnight show, I'm starting to feel very fucked up. (laughs) So I go back to the the Doubletree bar. And I'm just like, uh oh, this is turning bad. Like I'm, I'm actually super sober because I'm so drunk, and I'm scared about what's like happening to my brain. So I, I sneak out and go to the McDonald's, and then when I come back, Mike is kind of like down, mm. and I'm like, oh, Mike's wrong. Uh, Mike, what's wrong? He's like, oh, I got a, I got a stupid picture with Blake Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> I go, oh, c- come on, l- let me see it. 
And uh, he shows me the picture, and I'm like, oh, you look good in that photo. He goes, oh, I know. I look sexy as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And and I'm like, so what's wrong with that? He's like, we don't look happy. He's like, I want to be happy in these photos. It's going to look like we're we're not having fun. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, for me, all I want to do is look Look sexy sexy, in the photo. And I'm like, anytime I put up a celebrity photo, I always look like an idiot because you only get one shot at a celebrity photo and you can't uh, go through them. So, and then I'm like, oh shit, I just took a celebrity photo with Steve-O because at the McDonald's, he happened to be there. Oh wow! But then I look at my picture that I just put on Instagram and I'm like, ah, fuck, we both look happy, but I look unsexy as fuck. (laughs) And that's the thing that I covet. So I just delete it immediately. And then my wife's like, why are you deleting that photo? I'm like, oh, I just ran out of space. So I put it up and then I, I deleted it down. But really, it was because I didn't look very good. And then, and it, Why would she care if you deleted the photo? She's suspicious of She's suspicious of everything I do. <laughs> it always means something. Um, it's like, who are you trying to impress? You know you look ugly in that photo. Keep that up. <laughs> uh, but uh, then I, I talked to Justin Stockman. And then all of a sudden, Mike's mood changes, and he's just high-fiving everyone in the bar. Like, he's like, pay the toll, and he's giving everyone a high-five. <laughs> I clearly gotten over the Blake Griffin disappointment. Yeah, like, now he's, like, super pumped. And this behavior, like, if it was me, it would be kind of par for the course. But for Mike, this is very odd behavior, because Mike doesn't do this. And then he, he, uh, Stockman looks at me, and he goes, well, he's your problem now. <laughs> And then I was just like, okay, I'll take him to McDonald's. And then uh, I go over to him, and Mike's like, hey, I'm going to go up to Neil Brennan right now and get a a good happy photo. And I'm like, ah, no, no. Neil's like really like, he's too cool for that. We'll get it tomorrow. Trust me. Like, we'll we'll get it later. And then I try to, I take him to the McDonald's, and then I I loaded him up with uh, nuggets and french fries. (laughs) Good friend. (laughs) That's awesome. But But you end up getting the photo, though. No, that was, yeah. that was two yeah. nights later. Oh, that was our, that okay. was our big finale. As you of promised, night. yeah. Uh, but that, that was a really fun night. Uh, but yeah, the next day I was like, I called Danica and the baby, and we're doing like a FaceTime. I'm like, hey, babes, like, really went for it that first night. We got off the plane and just kept going. I'm like, uh, sorry, I didn't call you when I got in. She goes, Oh, you called me. <laughs> <laughs> I went, Oh, great, sweet, okay. Yeah, she's like, I'm glad you had fun. I'm like, yeah, and then uh, and then we continue. But the thing is, because I went way up that first night, the rest of my experience was very like, you can't really get back there. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it's just like, just enjoy the shows, hang out, drink till three. But you, it's a lot more casual mm. drinking, yeah. um, for my experience anyway. Do you guys get to sleep in? Well, yeah, yeah. You well, do. this year, Day luckily late. or unluckily, depending on how you look at it, we didn't have as much to do as we did last year. Like right. last year, I was waking up hungover and I'd have to shoot like yeah, two that. bits yeah. and then Mike would have three interviews. Yeah. So we kind of, we only really had the one interview. Mind you, it was very good. Like it was Conan's my idol. So it was amazing to speak with the, the long time writer he had. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty casual. It was almost like a, a paid vacation. kind of. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that bad to say? Well, yeah, they're all listening to this <laughs> next year. Over. Yeah. But yeah, between Justin uh, Stockman, Mike McShane and Sarah McLaren, they make it happen. And in the past, we've gotten far more interviews it seemed like this year everybody was like it was like a hard no. Like at one point it's like Howie Mandel doesn't even do podcasts. It's like mm. oh okay, so it's like it was a little bit more difficult this year. But you know, like I said, we got the, we got instead of getting fifteen minutes with everybody, it was nicer to get like forty five minutes yeah. with Mike Sweeney and, and Jesse Gaskell. So yeah, it was good. But you can sleep in. But there's panels happening all the time. Like there's right. like there'll be people doing live podcasts at like ten a.m. or you know Justin's panel was at two in the afternoon so you can kind of figure out your sleep schedule from that but most of the action at JFL on the weekend takes place between like seven and was Mulaney there by the way he'll be in Toronto just for us oh okay Mm -hmm. yeah but uh so yeah so that was uh that was good and then I guess on the the last night uh who did we see oh we (laughs) do you know do you anyone know that show crazy ex-girlfriend I've heard of it. Yeah, so I kind of I like that show. I've seen like three episodes, three or four episodes, because a critic I like, Alan Sepinwall, used to review it and he liked it. And I, and I like that the uh, the woman that's on that show, her name's Rachel Bloom. So she had like a, a show at like this kind of small Montreal theater uh, that I wanted to go to. I asked for tickets. Shane was going to go see I think Pete Holmes, and mm-hmm. so we were going to split up and then re meet and go see Mark Maron. That was kind of how you plan it because you, you request whatever you want. So like, I'd rather I want to see Rachel Bloom. You go see Pete Holmes. They couldn't give us Pete Holmes tickets. So like we can give you an extra Rachel Bloom ticket. So I, I ended up bringing some like let's go see. And he's never watched Crazy Ex Girlfriend. He's not super familiar with with her work. Uh, and she was interesting. She was like she was like a theater kid. It was very mm. musical, which is obviously in line with her show. 
um, and a bit blue at times. And she had her. I felt like it picked up steam as it went along. And her fans are so devoted that it's like if you were in that crowd, you loved her. But if you were somebody that's kind of coming with no clue of what you're about to see, like Shane, it's a completely different sort of experience. Do you guys like musical comedies? Like when a guy picks up an acoustic guitar and like sings a song? I just generally it has to be excellent. It has to be like Lonely Island good. Or Adam yeah, Sandler. Yeah. Sandler used to do that see, a lot. Even Zach. Sandler stuff doesn't totally do it for me. Like uh, occasionally I think it's good. But a lot of it is just like these are just like unfunny-ish jokes mm-hmm. set over like some uh, acoustic music. I Actually, you know, I do love the Lonely Island stuff though. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is a little different though to me. Music comedy sort yeah. of deal Yeah joke songs And stuff yeah. like that Well Patty Harrison I Honestly the, the way she did Joke songs Was brilliant And in some ways Kind of like Took took the uh, the heat Like it's like Whatever Rachel Bloom does Which you're like Ooh like it's like These sort of parody songs She'll do like a Disney song But then it will be about Her jealousy or whatever Like that because Patty's stuff was so funny. Well, seeing... on a musical level, Patty's stuff was amazing. Even if it wasn't funny, you'd, you'd, it was just like, wow, this is an excellent song that's actually I would listen to even if it didn't have any comedic value. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it also crossed the Venn diagram where it had both like awesome laughs and awesome production and song quality, mm-hmm. it just made it so much better than this. What's her name? The Rachel Bloom. Rachel Bloom, who... All of her songs I thought I could do better. Oh, sure. Like, I'm like, I'm a funnier rapper than this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's not true, that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I left the show uh, five songs in. Which, is yeah. that really rude? A walkout. Oh, well, I so did, dark, I, you I did it very... Like, if, if I even had to ask, like, excuse me to one person, I wouldn't have done it. But I always take aisle seats mm. because uh, I tend to pee a lot during shows. <laughs> yeah, she probably just thought I was going to the washroom. Yeah. Uh, I, but I thought she was... I thought by the end she'd really picked up steam and, and her show was uh, very entertaining. So I, I enjoyed it. Um, and then that night we saw Marin. Uh, who's which was the, uh, the, the pod father of the all pod pods. father yeah. yep. Marin's awesome his yeah. stand up was really good see that's funny because I, I never really thought about him as a stand up comedian and I even listened to his show which I love I can't imagine him as a stand up comedian even though that's like the life he's lived for the last 30 years he had a different energy he like he had a really warm energy he played with the crowd he was really in command uh, like obviously he's been doing it for like 30 years or whatever it is but he was good and his bits were tight I thought some of it was improvised, or were you saying that there's like some... It feels improvised. I don't know if it is, but a lot of it feels like he's kind of riffing, making it up on the spot. And from listening to his podcast, it seems like he kind of goes in with not a solid plan. Mm. So he has like tried and tested bits, and then he'll go off the cuff depending on how it's going. Yeah, totally. And then, But then he has like, he needs to get to certain stories, and like, and he had to get to his closer. He actually went really long too. So it's like, if you're a Mark Maron fan, and it was like, it ended up being like almost like an hour and 40 minutes, they, wow. they started to blink the red light. Yeah, of course. You know, because it was a show that started at nine. I don't think we got out of there till like eleven forty or something. Wow. Uh, but it was interesting. If you're there for the ride, and the people that were there, again, like they are Mark Maron fans. But yeah, I thought I thought it was really impressive because again, like you, I know him as an interview as a podcaster, and those first twelve minutes are like, okay, it's Mark, but it's like I'm not like I need to see his stand up. I was super impressed with his his stand up, which was really good. And we also saw an award show. I also, sure everyone... yeah, yeah, we should yeah. talk about the award show. I also sat beside his manager. Because I, oh. I got in, like, uh, I didn't have a ticket to Marin, so I had to use my pass to get in, so they put me in, like, an area. So I sat beside his manager, who was interesting to hear her laugh at certain things yeah. and laugh almost very loud, like, to be supportive in some oh. way so he could <laughs> hear her. It was very interesting experience. But when they threw the, the red light on, she's the one that tipped me off because she, she had, like, an assistant with her, and she pointed at the red light, and she thought that was hilarious. So they were trying to red light the headliner, oh. <laughs> you know, like, wrap it up. It's like, yeah. no, I'll go as long as I want to go. Some of these people paid, like, 100 bucks, 100 bucks for a ticket. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, the award show. We've yeah. talked about this in the past. Like they have this really oh, yeah. bizarre, cool award show. We saw Jim Carrey get honored. It's in this ballroom that holds like maybe 250 people or something like that. And you have the cream of the crop of comedy just sitting there. Like we hadn't seen him all weekend. I don't know if he was announced for any shows, but like just before the show starts, Kevin Hart comes walking in with his security. Like, well, this year, yeah. Oh wow! Everybody goes to this award show, and it takes place at three in the afternoon. In a ballroom in the basement of the DoubleTree Hotel. Wow! But they take it seriously because they all respect the festival so much. Mm. So yeah, this year they had they had Hassan uh, Minaj, uh, Jim Jeffries, uh, Jimmy Carr. Uh, like I said, Kevin Hart, Nick Kroll won an award. Nick Kroll won an award, and the writing staff of Big Mouth. Oh wow! So, but it was funny when Nick came walking in because he had a real swagger. Like yeah, he, and he was wearing like a very very nice suit, and he has a girlfriend who's very tall. And then the second he sat down, his girlfriend pulled out this huge camera and just started snapping photos of him with like this blinding flash, like a Polaroid. <laughs> he was making such a scene; it was insane. Yeah, it was like the swagger he walked in with. We were just like. 
like, wow. And then the Polaroid's like, and she's like shaking it. It was very <laughs> weird. It's like, who does that? I thought it was a bit almost, but it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, so it was good. Did anything else stand out to you about the award show? Well, Jim Jeffries was oh, just hilarious. God. Like, I'm not sure if you know who yeah, that no, is. Australian yeah, no, Australian Canadian, guy. He's, he, yeah, he's sort of like a little rough around the edges, like in terms of like, yeah. the content he gets into. Actually, one of uh, Unzi's pals writes for Jim Jeffries' show, and I hung out with him uh, when they were doing a heist episode in L.A. Um, oh, I forgot. Uh, fuck, I forget his name. He's a comedian, something like RJ something. Or, you know what I'm talking about? Cool. He's, he's a Canadian dude. You but, just re- sorry. You just reminded me that we met uh, Tim McAuliffe, yeah, Unsworth's buddy. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, we, we said what's up, hung with him for a bit. Well, we did. <laughs> we didn't just say what's up. So okay, so Mike had his night where he went like you know his version of out of his mind, which is just high fiving everybody and being like, let's let's have fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then my version's kind of like I just tell everyone they're a piece of shit and stuff. So it's like in a very like funny way that I always think people get. So we see Tim McAuliffe, and Tim McAuliffe's like the. A writer for uh, he was the head writer for Last Man on Earth. Yeah, wrote for The Office, wrote for Fallon. Show. So he's a guy I very much want to impress. So I'm like, in my drunk mind, I guess I'm gonna be real funny for him. So he comes up, he's like, "Oh, guys, uh, your Unsworth buddies. He always has the nicest things to say about you." I'm like, "Fucking Unsworth, fuck that guy. He's a piece of shit." <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, "He's like what?" I'm like, "If he really loved us, he'd be here with us partying. He doesn't give a shit." And I was really putting him off <laughs> and then the next day i just had a flashback i was like oh mike was was it as bad as i think and you, like uh, how, just, how do you think yeah he came up because I, I yeah he came up and it was like three in the morning and everyone's you know I, I, in the thing and he was kind of heading out and he's like oh hey what's up and i'd run into him earlier and he was just being really earnest like shane said because he's an earnest guy a hundred percent he's like unzi or uh, he's like he's like matt always says how amazing you guys are and shane just he's like fuck him <laughs> i know shane's joke style like i know that it's like it'd be the most ridiculous thing to say so that's the way shane's doing it yeah. and tim didn't really know what to make of it but but it was also three so tim had probably had some drinks and he was enjoying the night but he, the, the energy shifted and i'm like okay how am i gonna get us out of this i'm like he's kidding i'm like shane's <laughs> kidding he's like no fuck him and then I'm, like, I'm like i'm like he's kidding but seriously how was your night man and then like i'm trying to engage on like a normal conversation level but then shane would keep like piping in and then and then that was the night that shane went and got a domino's but then the next day i was like i was like i was like listen i'm like chances are it was three in the morning he was probably drunk too it won't be it won't be that weird uh and then i was like i was like but yeah the you did the your joke thing where you basically called unsworth a piece of shit and, and he goes ah fuck so then it's on my mind all day so then that night i just go to the bar and uh tim's with somebody i didn't see him and he's like hey man and i'm like huh i'm like hey hey tim hi and he's just like hi and i'm like uh-oh he's being weird with me so i'm like i'm so sorry man like yesterday i'm a normal guy like i'm totally normal which you know normal guys say that kind of stuff <laughs> so he's like what what are you talking about I go, oh, I'm sorry about yesterday. He goes, what What happened? I go, oh, I was telling Nunsworth that he's a piece of shit and stuff. He goes, oh, where you were? He's like, oh, that was fine. I was probably more screwed up than you. So <laughs> I got out of it kind of scot-free. So I wish I hadn't really said anything because yeah. I was actually acting weirder in my apology than he would have even Yeah, people thought. are kind of generally uncomfortable with apologies. Unless it's something like really serious where a person is like, it's important to me That's that a they good apologize. Point. It's like apologizing for something. If someone's made an ass of themselves and like goes out of the way, be like, I'm sorry, the thing I did. And you're like, okay, just got to stop. But after you do something drunk, it's the veil of shame is high for me because yeah. I don't know how far I cross the line because mm-hmm. I, I don't remember all that well. Yeah, I so I like to play it safe and give the apology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it depends on how hard you go on the apology. Yeah. If, if, if you kept it short, you're like, if I was being a little weird last night, sorry. Anyway, like <laughs> you keep it moving. But if it's like, hey, man, I just want to apologize for my behavior. Yeah, they're going to yeah, think right. that you said something that really crossed the line. Yeah, like, right. it, yeah. actually, that reminds me, we, we did it. We were at a work event a while ago. And uh, like a couple days after the work event, like a coworker who's like pretty senior came up to us and they were like, uh, hey, uh, I, was, I was pretty drunk last night and I can't quite remember what I said, but I heard it was like to you guys. And Shane and I were like, no, because we sit together at work. We're like, no, 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 we're good. Like, you're good. You were fine with us. And, uh, and they were like, they were like, oh. Okay, I just wanted to make sure because I couldn't quite put it together and I couldn't remember. And they walk away and then Shane and I look at each other like, they fucked up somehow and it wasn't with us. Well, no, I said to the woman, I go, it's so nice to be on the other end of one of these. Oh, yeah. that's what you said. Yeah. That was, yeah, I forgot that line. That's hilarious. I was trying to obscure the uh, the gender. Right. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Um, and then uh, lastly, I guess we the la- very last night before we left, we hung out with uh, Webby D. 
Webby D. We don't talk about Webby D anymore. I feel like Intern Eric has really kind of inched in on the uh, sort of the, the tertiary person that gets talked <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, Webby D. He's a for- formative uh, guy for the show because he's, he's uh, the best. He's the best and also a massive comedy fan. Massive comedy fan. So like our last night uh, is the big Netflix party. Mm. Um, so open bar, but it's not at the Doubletree slash Hyatt. It's like up at the other headquarters. It's really like an 11 minute walk. But open bar, slammed, like amazing hors d'oeuvres. And like, so we go there. And like Shane said, like m- night one was my night. And so Shane was kind of like, I'm going for it. Like Nights the- two, three, and four were mine. Those were his <laughs> nights. Because <laughs> to my credit, I was a totally normal person on night one. You were. You saved drunk. my ass by getting yeah. into that McDonald's and stuffing those nuggets in my mouth. I did hand feed him nuggets. He did. I wasn't going to mention <laughs> that. Well, I, what was that? You told me. You, I, was like, I was like, I don't want beef. Well, what happened is, okay, so you wanted a filet fish and then they, they were out of filet fishes and then you got really grumpy and you were like, well, no, I'm not eating anything. <laughs> but I, I got a large fry for myself because I'm like, oh, I, I, I'm really worried about being fucked up. But you grabbed my large fries and started shoving them in your <laughs> mouth all angry and in contempt. I'm like, Mike, you got to eat your nuggets. And you, you grabbed one and threw it. And I'm like, Mike, you have to eat your nuggets. So I did what I do to Lucy when she doesn't want to eat. <laughs> when my daughter doesn't want to eat something i kind of hide uh, the thing she hates in with the thing she loves so i kept hiding nuggets within the fry pack and you would grab you would grab a bunch of fries but there'd be a nugget in the middle and you'd eat it and then sometimes you discover that a little nugget was in your mouth so you'd be like pah, pah, pah. again my, da- my daughter does this so then i started dipping the nuggets in uh barbecue sauce I love and that. i was feeding you and there was a bunch of guys just watching this all go down and they're like what the fuck <laughs> And then uh, I accidentally slipped and dropped a nugget on your jacket. And then it had barbecue sauce all over your jacket. And that got you very upset. And then you grabbed your Sprite. And then uh, we walked uh, walked you to your room. Hey man. All right, back dream. to the Netflix party. <laughs> All right, so 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 night two, three, and four. Uh, so yeah, so then sh- it was my turn. <laughs> yeah. So the Netflix party, Shane was loving, and Webby D was back at the Hyatt having a drink with some actual mutual friends. Mm. Uh, Josh from Sam Roberts Band. Oh, nice. Yeah, and then another Josh who was a writer for this comedian, but they were all kind of hanging out doing their thing. So I was like, it's our last night. I'd love to go have a drink with like Webby D, but we'd sort of committed this Netflix party and, and bar goes to like three or whatever. And so I was kind of letting Shane know. I was like, this is like, I'm at the end of the run here, man. And we have a wedding tomorrow. So I'm going to kind of like, and he was like, this party is the fucking greatest. Look at famous person, famous person. Why the fuck would we go back to the fucking, do you remember all this? It's true. <laughs> and by the way, I had had an energy drink this night and my brain was totally different. Like I was in this like very interesting energy mode. I'm like, Nick crawls lo- looking at me. He wants to get a photo with me. We, I'm, like, I'm like, we got Neil Brennan looking at me. I'm like, you know why? Cause they love guys like me liking them. Cause I'm rating the demo and they know it. And I'm the only type of fan they, care about so i'm trying to <laughs> so, well, so now i'm here going it's my turn to save him he sounds crazy what is he going to say to these guys so i'm just listening and uh i'm like so so we got to stay and see how it plays out because I'm, I'm and ultimately i know mike want is more of a chatty guy than a, a observer guy so he wants to go to a place where he can chat it up with webby d and kind of chill out but i want to party all night <laughs> So then I'm saying, no, we're going to create a jealousy trap. We're going to see how this plays out. We're going to see it. They're going to ask me for a photo. And then Mike's like, no, I'll go up and ask them for a photo. And then you, and I'm like, no, 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 no. And then you walked up and asked them for a photo. Well, what was hilarious is I'm like, I'm just going to go do, because they were kind of having their own conversation. Like they were kind of whatever, broing down, talking shop. And uh, just as me and Shane are going up, and I'm kind of dragging Shane to get the photo because he didn't want to, but I knew the minute the phone came out, he'd stick his head in there. Of course. Two guys that are also in the demo sneak in right before us and they're like, excuse me, do we get mind if we get a phone? I'm like, damn it. I'm like, yeah. they just did what we were going to do. Now we have to follow those guys. It's going to be weird, but whatever. I was like, hey, Nick, uh, Neil, I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, we saw uh, your shows this weekend. It was amazing. Do you mind if uh, me and my friend get a photo? And to Shane's point, like, yeah, like Nick Kroll was like, absolutely. Like he yeah. was, he was enjoying people taking photos and stuff like that. And Neil Brennan loved it too. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> And then we went back and hung out with uh, Webby D. Yeah. And I don't remember 100% of that. But I do know the next day on Instagram, the drummer from Sam Roberts Band was like, thanks to my brother. Well, he was putting a lot of pictures up of him at all these shows. 
And then he's like, thanks to my brother, pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. Uh, and then held up a pass of uh, the pa- – apparently I gave him my pass. Yeah, you that. insisted on that. So I'm, I'm not sure if that's allowed or well, what. The- so I'm like, why are you posting this? Like, mm-hmm. fuck, did you find it? Did I give it to you? I wasn't sure. So, Well, he wants to come on the show, and he was saying that he could be the new pop culture aficionado. Which oh, at wow. that point you did not like. Oh, shit. Yeah, you were like, fuck that. And then he had a, a <laughs> he had a buddy that was a comedian, this Josh guy. And because you were being like hilariously abrasive, and there was like someone who brought McDonald's to the bar. And then you were, oh, then they brought some bagels over for some friends that were going to show up. But you were putting your hands in the bagels. You're like, give me that bagel. And they were like, they were like that's not your bagel and you're like fuck that and then and then we were all joking and then that the josh uh the comedian was like you guys are like uh the fighter and the kid and then you go which one am i <laughs> <laughs> and he goes who do you think and goes, and then, no wasn't there a point where uh you guys were talking about an actor and then I got my phone out, and they go, oh, are you looking up the actor? And I go, no, I'm looking up a domino. That's what it was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. And that would have been your second night in a row with, with the dummies. Yeah, it was too late, though. I couldn't get it. Ah, mm. that's a bummer. But yeah, so that was kind of uh, the last night. I'm trying to think of anything else happened. That Netflix party, that was great? No, man. No. It was like, uh, yeah, but everybody was there. Like, Jeff Ross came in. Man. And it's that weird thing that happens, too, where it's like, like I've inter- we've interviewed Jeff Ross before. And oh, this happened the first time we saw Chris Red. Like Chris Red walked by. I was like, "What up, Chris?" And we did a three-face handshake. Remember that at the midnight surprise? Of course. Yeah, you were in like the best mood ever. That yeah, night. that was that was. I'm the just high like, five "Will night. Chris look at me?" And I'm like trying to wave at him, and Mike's just like, "Yo, Chris," and like gives a three-face handshake to Chris Red. <laughs> like they're best friends who've known each other That's forever. Cool. Did he yeah. remember you, Chris Red? No, he didn't even look at me. Oh, yeah. Man. But um, but uh, yeah, and then I think if you went up to him and said, "Hey, we did that thing last year," he would have for sure. Possibly. Uh, and then Jeff Ross, when he came into the Netflix party, I'm like, Jeff, what's up? He's like, what's up? And then he just, came. but I think he says that to everybody. Anyway, uh, long story long, that was our weekend. We we woke up, we got on a plane, we almost didn't make our flight because of Montreal traffic. No. Uh, and then we got in for AJ's wedding, which to be continued on yeah, a, and we'll AJ get, and Carly because Carly's just probably as much the funniest fun. wedding of all time. Oh, fuck. Okay, I want to hear about that, yeah. but let's not say, let's save it for the next episode. Okay, yeah. we will because AJ also had beef with us. I don't know if you remember that from the wedding. <gasps> Save it. Oh, yeah. Save yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. him. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, so today on the show, what are we at there, Erica? You know, this is a doozy. We're at uh, an hour and 12 minutes. Nice. And Max wanted to do rants. Yeah. Well, this is what we're getting today, guys. So this interview you're going to listen to, it's like going to be our first two-hour pod. Yeah, I love it. Um, you're welcome, listeners. Um, our, 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 our guest today, should we just break it up? And do them on another episode, or should we? Let's throw to them. We, you're the producer. We, uh, you know what? It feels like let's just end the episode and okay. let, let like, right? Yeah, let's do it. And then set up okay. a whole other yeah. thing. So we'll do another JFL. Well, it won't be JFL, but we'll basically throw to them the interview. So you have to wait a couple days for Mike Sweeney and Jesse Gaskell. Yeah, we're doing that. Okay, sweet deal. Because because we'll set that interview up. It ended up being a great conversation. Okay, awesome. So this, this is it. That's this, the end of the show. That's it. All right. Got my headphones on. Perfect. Okay, cool. Yeah, nailed it.